Bright Sounds, the voice of Bright World. Hello and welcome back to Bright Sounds. My name is Leah Ferris and today we're reunited with Corrie Holden, our admissions manager, who will be talking to Zeba Clark, who is the Deputy Head Academic at King Edwards Whitley in Surrey. Bright World Education is our placement agency and over the last 20 years we've been that we've been established, we have placed thousands of international students to UK boarding schools. Uh, we've worked with King Edwards Whitley for about 19 years now and it was one of the first schools to be featured in our brochure and remains one of Bright World's preferred partner schools. Uh, we are so thankful to Zeba for taking the time out of her incredibly busy schedule to join us today and talk to us on the subject of examinations and how these are being affected by the corona situation. And without further ado, I will hand over to Corrie and Zeba. Thank you very much, Leah. Hello, Zeba. Thank you very much again for joining us today. It's um, very much appreciated. It's a great pleasure. I'm really uh, pleased to be here today as well. Great. Um, so I imagine that quite a lot of our students were uh, breathing a sigh of relief when they learned that all of the examinations in the UK were going to be cancelled. Um, I imagine then that that also turned to slight dismay when they found out that they were going to receive a calculated grade uh, based on past work rather than just being let off without having to do anything. Um, so... <laughs> First of all, um, I, I just wanted to obviously check, does this then apply to all examinations for all year groups? Um, so for our students, uh, we have decided that we're not going to hold internal exams of any sort uh, for our students this term. Uh, we're having assessments uh, to make sure that they are doing the learning that we're setting for them. Um, but essentially, like the GCSE, A-level and IB students, our students are essentially free of formal exams in formal exam halls, but uh, they are not escaping from assessment. And I would say that's the same as well, certainly for our A-level and GCSE students. Uh, for some of us, uh, we were really keen to make sure that they were completing the course as fully as possible. We wanted to really check that they were ready, that they were university ready. So we've continued with our teaching with fifth form and with um, our upper six as well. But uh, there has been a degree of relief from some students, uh, particularly for the um, IB, I would say, which runs from May the 1st to the 22nd normally. So they'd be right in it this yeah. minute um, and as well there are a GCSE and IGCSE exams uh, which also would have started this week yeah. so they felt relief but I think there was also a real sense of frustration because they weren't able to show what they were made of and what the work that they had done so a mix of relief and a mix of uh, anxiety and real uncertainty as well yes um, and that sort of leads quite uh, well into my next question. Um, we've heard that students are going to receive calculated grades based on past work, but it, it's been fairly vague in terms of what we've actually heard from the government and what's available on um, government websites at the moment as to the detail of how those calculated grades will be arrived upon. Um, I wondered if you could sort of shed a little bit of light into um, the, the process that's involved there. 
Absolutely. Um, I will do my best. Um, the first thing that I have to stress is that we've been told very firmly by uh, both the UK exam boards, uh, Ofqual um, and the IB, to keep the detailed nitty gritty of our processes confidential. Okay. So we're a little bit limited in what we can say. But what I'll do is I'll talk you through uh, the two different processes that we're running with the IB and then about the UK qualifications. Um, and just so that people are aware, the process for A-level, IGCSE and GCSE is the same uh, for all of those three different levels of qualification. Great. Um, from our point of view, the big difference between the IB and the UK is that the IB incorporates quite a lot of coursework um, and centre assessed coursework during the course of the two year programme. So they've, there's a lot of material that we already have that has been assessed within the school, uh, that has been moderated and that we were preparing to send forward to the IB because what they do is we mark it and then they ask for us to send 10 samples to the work of 10 candidates as samples to check oh, okay. that our grading is correct. So what they did this year was they said, no, no, we, we won't do that. And you can take all of your marks off the coursework. <laughs> okay. Um, because generally speaking, you mark it, you moderate it, and then you upload the results. And then they say, oh, yes, and we'll have uh, the results of X, Y, and Z. So we yeah. had to take off all our marking and give clean copies and upload the work of every single candidate in every single subject that they had done in school. So uh, that was recordings of oral commentaries, that was uh, piece of project work, coursework, uh, a big range of portfolios. Um, and that has all been uploaded to the IB website, along with our standard predicted grades that we always mm -hmm. have to submit. And then they, the IB has switched its team of examiners uh, who it recruits um, and that's normally teachers that's active teachers working on the IB so instead of marking exam papers they're marking the coursework uh, I see okay so that's the IB that, and we know that that's the process um, and we've completed that that's done and dusted hooray <laughs> sorry of relief <laughs> absolutely with the UK public exams the situation is a little different because there's so little coursework across the system you have a little bit of coursework for some A levels but it's really minimal uh, certainly compared to IB so the approach that the uh, exam board regulator Ofqual has taken was to ask all centres to put students taking a particular subject into rank order and to assign them a grade. And this is a kind of cyclical process so that the department, uh, say an English department, will get together. We'll look at our maybe in our case about um, 70 or 80 students doing the English language exam. Um, and we will put them in order and then we'll look at the grades and then we'll have the, and that's departmental discussions. Um, so uh, there are a range of different types of evidence we can use to assign grades um, and to and to organize these rank orders. And we're allowed to use a whole range of things. We have to specify what we're using to the exam board. We're not allowed to disclose that detail to parents or to, or to pupils. Mm -hmm. But it would be, for example, trial exams, exams taken last year, non-examined work, um, coursework uh, that we might have taken. 
um, for those subjects where we do coursework and the overall academic profile of a student. So it's a whole range of data that we're using. And the other thing that I really want to reassure students by, because I know mm. that some students have contacted me and said, my teacher hates me, which is not <laughs> true, which is not yeah. true. But <laughs> well, I didn't want to pull you up on that, because I know that all, all teachers love all of their students equally. Um, Absolutely. They don't have favourites. We don't have favourites. And I, and I can say this hand on heart, we don't have favourites. Um, but there are, uh, for every department, the, um, the work of every single student is being verified by at least one other teacher within the department. Uh, okay. And also, um, uh, so essentially, uh, a department will have to put forward three signatures to verify that grade. And then I have to check it, uh, along with um, the kind of our, our year heads and the head teacher. So this work is being checked over and over by, uh, by a whole range of different people within the school, uh, looking at the overall profile of the student, as well as, um, as I said, their, their specific performance in a specific subject. So I know for, because we had quite a few uh, students who came and said, I, I didn't really work for my mocks um, and, and I did disastrously and they, they, they hadn't necessarily done disastrously, but they, they felt they'd underperformed. And I had to yeah. say, look, you know, that's not the only thing that we're using to, mark, to judge your overall likely outcome mm. at this stage. So, okay. um, and, and I think just the final point to make on this yeah. is that both systems, both the IB and the UK systems are also the, the job of the exam boards is to kind of do a further triangulation. They have historical data from the schools because, for example, we have, you know, generations worth of data on GCSE results yeah. and the IB, we've been doing the IB for 15 years now. So there's 15 years of our performance as a school and they are triangulating against that and also against national averages. So the exam boards themselves are going to be doing a lot of work to kind of align and, and verify that the data that you put forward. Great. And I suppose on that then, um, when can students expect to receive their results? I think <clears throat> there was a lot of uncertainty there as well um, in the early days following the announcement that exams were cancelled. Um, and I understand that that's now um, been confirmed. We, we now know when students are going to be getting their grades. Um, and then also, what can they do if they're unhappy when they receive them? So uh, no school, we're, we're not allowed to release any calculated grades at all as a school and, uh, and essentially the exam boards have gone back to their original dates for publishing results. So those stay absolutely as normal. And the official dates for that are the IB is the 6th of July, as it is every single year. Okay. And uh, for A-level, it's the 13th of August. And for GCSE, that's the 20th of August. So those dates haven't changed. Essentially, they, they were, initially there was some talk by the UK exam boards that they would try and do this whole process a little bit faster. But I think they realised that doing the verification process was going to take just as much time as having the whole marking process. So uh, they yeah. stuck to the original grey uh, dates, which for us is actually a relief. That, that makes mm. sense for us. And regarding if you're not happy with the grades, 
um, I think one of the key things there is to absolutely appeal and and schools like us we are you know we are absolutely happy to support students in in the appeal I mean, our commitment really is that we need our students to understand that we're trying to do this uh, and to use this system with integrity and to be as fair and reliable as possible um, but it may be that the exam boards tweak the grades either up or down we don't know what they're going to do with that so there may be cases where students think hang on a second you know I was ages ago I was predicted a B and they've given me a C or whatever um, and there is a system for appeal so we don't have the full details of how that's going to work because normally what happens is um, we will get a student who say is on a grade boundary um, because their exam paper say they've done a little bit worse in a maths paper and they're on a grade boundary say between a, a, a seven and an eight and uh, we will say actually it's worth having a remark but of course this year the exam boards don't have anything to yeah. remark. <laughs> yeah. so what that will mean we understand is that if any student is unhappy with grades then in each school uh, the exams officer um, and and anyone in my role as, as deputy head academic mm. will take them through the appeals process um, and also our heads of department will have to stand by to provide say physical evidence and we've been told to keep where we can um, scans of exam papers or scans of essays and things like that so we're building up that database uh, of evidence that we may need to submit uh, we've got portfolios for art and drama for example um, all of that kind of uh, material that students have produced for us uh, we have so and and it may be that we have that will be called on for an appeal process um, the yeah. other thing to bear in mind is that um, both the IB and all of the UK exam boards appear to be offering the chance to sit the actual exams in November brilliant well that'll be um, definitely a relief I think for some <laughs> students especially if they do find that they have achieved a grade that they feel they can improve upon um, Absolutely. And then um, just uh, quickly, I suppose, with this one, it's a, a nice and simple. For students that were applying to enter into the sixth form uh, this year, or those students who were finishing their A-levels and the IB and applying for a university, um, will the calculated grades be accepted in very much the same way as usual marks would be as part of um, supporting a student's application? Absolutely, they will be. Um, the grades have exactly the same value as grades for any previous exam cycle. Uh, universities have said that they'll meet their offers. Um, there are going to be some overcrowded, very popular universities yeah. uh, because they tend to offer slightly more places than they have space for, yeah. um, I suspect. Um, and also, uh, certainly in terms of our sixth form, our expectation is that um, we will absolutely accept the grades, uh, the GCSE grades that people present us with, um, that, that we have no reason to query those. Um, the other thing to say in, re in relation for people applying to university, UCAS, uh, the UK um, Universities Application Hub, has really great videos. It's, got a gr it's a great resource for students if they've got any uncertainties, 
there's a fabulous um, FAQ zone with videos from spokespeople from UCAS, Ofqual and the government. Um, be great. Grades awarded will be fair and will be treated exactly the same as in any other year. Brilliant. Um, lovely. And I suppose in that case, to sort of round us off um, at the end, is there anything else that you think that students should be aware of? Um, have you got any general advice for them if they have any concerns? Should they be coming to uh, you at the school directly or to the exam boards? Or where can they go for, for a bit of extra support and help? I think in the first instance, certainly we've told all of our students to come to us if they've got any queries. Our exams officer, she's standing by, uh, she's been in touch with exam boards just to clarify. There are all sorts of kind of little minor niggles about um, what uh, what people need to be doing um, and how they need to prepare bits and pieces. Um, for uh, uh, in terms of submitting work to, to both to teachers and, and to exam boards so the school should always be the first port of call and that's okay. certainly the case for us um, and in addition what we've done is um, we have provided a series of supplementary courses for our fifth form and our upper six students mm. um, because we're conscious that it's going to be a big gap before they're back in formal education so yes. um, we've <laughs> we're trying to encourage them and in fact we've had really a pretty good sign up rate for this um, we have optional courses on our website um, and we've assigned, everybody has a tutor in any case, and we've assigned academic supervisors and things like that. So we've got um, support with life skills like managing a budget or how to go and buy your food if, you get, if you're going to university, finding a part-time job, CV construction and, and uh, application letters. Um, course reading for projects, uh, a sixth form bridging course for our fifth formers, those kinds of things. And, and I think that um, if students make the most of that and they really follow their passions with that, they'll find that that kind of takes away some of the anxiety of being in lockdown, which I think is actually pretty stressful for some of them. And yes. I really think with a lot of them, you know, this is the chance to get out there and work out your strengths, work out the skills you may still need to develop, you know, write your songs, make your TikTok videos, do some cooking, you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, and we're really trying to keep our relationships with our students uh, alive and to encourage them to go out there, feel connected, be busy um, and to really... Uh, make that effort to get to keep in touch with each other as well as friends because i think if we do that it's a real coping mechanism at a really difficult time absolutely Great. those those resources sound fantastic i wish i'd had those when i was at school <laughs> <laughs> well we're, we're looking at them and thinking we'll try and keep that going for for future years because actually uh we it, it, quite a few of the parents have come back and said you know, uh, study leave starts and then they finish their exams and then what are they meant to do? And, and actually yeah. to make sure that they're aware that we are here and we are very happy to support them. It, you know, particularly if we're looking at somebody who's coming back to us for sixth form and they're saying, please can I have some more information about geography or, or philosophy or whatever it is, we're really delighted to support them with that. Um, and we've got some great, uh, my, my colleagues across all departments have produced some really brilliant resources. 
So we're hoping that um, they'll stay engaged and they'll keep their brains ticking over. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you both so much, Corrie and Siva. That was incredibly interesting. Answers to questions I didn't even know I had. <laughs> uh, our boarding school placement service is always conducted online. And although our admissions department is slightly quieter now, uh, we are still receiving applications from many students hoping to gain access to a boarding school uh, this September or in the near future. And we will be sure to recommend King Edwards Whitley to any suitable applicants. Um, for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to hear from you guys next time. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Bright Sounds, a podcast from Bright World Guardianships. If you're interested in finding out more about anything we've discussed today, please visit our website www.brightworldguardianships.com or follow us on Facebook and Twitter to find out more. Bright Sounds is available as a podcast on major podcast platforms or by subscribing directly to us on Podbean. Please look forward to more fascinating interviews and discussions with our Brightwell team and expert guests. Take care and we'll hear from you at our next Bright Sounds podcast. <laughs>